is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. This is most certainly true. Jesus is alive and death is dead. His tomb is empty and our hearts are full. His promises are fulfilled. The victory has been won. Easter brings fullness and life and joy and meaning and hope into our lives and brings them in fullest measure. Our songs of Alleluia will never end. Join us to worship our risen Lord with this Easter sermon recently delivered at Grace. The second reading from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians chapter 4. Regardless of what our lives look like or what troubles we may face, our God has the power and the love to bring us through those challenges, to bring us to his side forever. These words will serve as the basis for today's sermon. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Life is not always And at times it can be downright hard. Is anyone here going to fight me on that statement? Is anyone going to disagree or or offer a challenge? All you have to do is turn on the nightly news to get evidence of the disasters and destruction that happens all around us. All you have to do is go to the doctor to get that unpleasant, nagging reminder that you, just like everyone else, are a frail and feeble human being. Make a mental list for yourself of people in your life, people that you know and love that are struggling with serious health concerns. And for a lot of you here, your own name is on that list. And now what if we put every single individual list together? What we would have is a mighty long catalog of of people for whom we should be praying, and we'd have a mighty long 
catalog of proof that the world is a challenging place in which to dwell. If there was ever anyone who understood struggles and challenges in life, it was the Apostle Paul. He had his struggles inside and out. He had his friends but had plenty of enemies too. He had people who loved him but plenty who hated him. He had people who supported his ministry and wanted to see that he could continue and and do the best that he could and there were plenty who picked up rocks and wanted him dead. It's in the very same letter, a portion of which is before us today, a few chapters later that the Apostle Paul catalogs the, the struggles that he's gone through. 2 Corinthians, it's chapter 11 where he says, I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Paul knew a thing or two about suffering. He knew a thing or two about the struggles of living life in this world. Yet it's that very same Apostle Paul, and it's in that very same letter that Paul speaks to us these words of comfort and hope. He speaks them to the believers in the church in Corinth, and he speaks them to us today as well, a gracious and glorious reminder that though pressure pinches, power prevails. It's been the story since the beginning of time. Ever since Satan slithered his way into the garden and turned the screws of temptation on the backs of Adam and Eve, life for us has been a series of challenges, struggles. The impact of their sin has been felt in every generation since. And it's not just them to blame for our struggles We bring pain of our own as well. Our own hurts. Our own harm. Our own hardship. Life is hard. And we have no one else to blame but ourselves. Now we are exactly what the Apostle Paul describes us to be. He says we are hard-pressed. As we face the pressure of temptation in our world, as we face the temptation to follow this passion or that desire. We are pulled in every direction except the one on which we want to go. Paul says we are perplexed as we try to make sense of the pain and hurt in this world, as we consider how hopelessly lost we are if we are left on our own. Paul says we are persecuted And that has the idea of being pursued, being chased around by the devil's attacks. He says we are struck down. 
struck down in defeat every time we try to stand on our own merits, every time we think we are strong enough on our own and end up face down in the dirt. That's life. That's life in a sinful world. But these realities are not our undoing. They aren't the end of us. They don't destroy us. In fact, the Apostle Paul encourages us, gives us the confidence that we need. He gives us the hope and the relief, as he says. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Why? Why can Paul be so hopeful? Why could he speak so clearly and confidently? Paul was a sinner and he wrote these words to the believers in Corinth who were sinners and now we, through inspiration, get to hear them too. We who are sinners, how can Paul speak so confidently? How can he speak so flippantly about our sin? It's because of the one that Paul came to proclaim. It's because Jesus bore our sins in his body and willingly endured the wrath of God in your place and in mine. It's because Jesus became what we were so that we could be what he is. Jesus was hard-pressed as the weight of the world's sins, yours and mine and the rest of the world, weighed heavily upon him on the cross of Calvary. Jesus was perplexed as... He suffered anguish in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus was pursued and persecuted by those who rejected and ridiculed him. Jesus was struck down when he became the lightning bolt of God's wrath, enduring it for you and for me. It's the prophet Isaiah, 800 years before it happened. He told us, the extent of what we deserve because of our sins and the extent of the love that the Savior would have for us, taking it all on himself. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. The weight of sin's curse fell heavily upon Jesus. Your sins and mine and the sins of the world, they pinched and prodded and pierced Jesus. But sin's pinch was temporary. Jesus struck back. He struck back at sin with his perfect life. He swiped at the devil with his words of victory shouted from the cross. He destroyed death three days later as he rose in victory from the grave. And now for us, even what was weakness becomes strength. Even what was fragility now has turned into firmness. What was frailty is now made faith. Paul says, For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life 
is at work in you. Even in death, Jesus brings life. Even in pain, Jesus shows us and gives us reason to have happiness, the happiness that can come only from him. Even in hardship, Christ Jesus is our confidence and our sure defense. Where do you store your treasures? We put money in bank vaults. We store precious valuables that are irreplaceable in safety deposit boxes. We put jewelry, gems in safes. We put documents that are important in fireproof containers. Do you know where God stores his treasure? In clay pots. We have this treasure in jars of clay. The most precious thing that the world has ever seen. The news that sins have been forgiven, that death has been defeated. God Almighty chooses to put that precious gospel into fragile, frail, and crumbling pots like you and me. Vessels hardly worth, hardly close in worth to the value of the treasure inside, but the reason is quite simple. Because in God's eyes, the thing that is a truly treasure is the pot. In God's eyes, the thing that is truly precious is the vessel. In God's eyes, the thing that has the value is you. And it's me. After all, that's what the gospel is all about, isn't it? The news that your sins have been forgiven. The news that life is yours forever. The news that your enemies have been defeated. That God has fully and freely conquered sin, death, and the power of the devil. It's all about you. It's all about God restoring that relationship that sin has damaged. It's all about God washing you clean and robing you in his righteousness. It's you. You are the one that Christ cherishes. You are the one that God wants. You're the thing that is valued in the eyes of God. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. The all-surpassing power to destroy our enemies, it's from God and not from us. The all-surpassing power to bring life where death had previously reigned, it's from God and not from us. The all-surpassing power to change a heart is from God and not from us. The all-surpassing power to take a clay pot, fragile, frail, and crumbling like yours and like mine, and turn us into the perfect followers that God wants us to be, to give us the promise of perfect and glorified bodies in heaven, to plant us in a mansion of heaven and give us the promise that we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And it's that power that God so lavishly and generously bestows on each and every one of us. So bring it on, sin. You can't harm me anymore. 
Christ Jesus has put you in your place. Bring it on, Satan. We know the truth. Jesus crushed your head with his life, death, and resurrection. Bring it on, death. You can't touch us. You hold no power in the face of the Lord of life. Paul speaks his confidence this way. We know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. Heaven is ours in Jesus. New life is ours in the new life that Jesus won for us. A promise of a resurrection and a place in the mansions of heaven is ours, given as a free gift of God's grace. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. It's good news. We aren't dying, but living. Living with God and for him. We aren't defeated. No, rather, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We aren't alone, but we've been adopted and welcomed into God's family. We aren't weak, but rather we can overcome everything through God who gives us strength. And now we can speak. There are plenty of clay pots in our lives that don't have a treasure inside, but God wants to put the treasure of the gospel in their hearts. So we can speak. There are plenty of people in our lives who are crumbling and dying, and we can speak a message of hope and peace and life. It's all possible because of the all-surpassing power and the all-surpassing love of our God. On this side of glory... We won't ever fully remove ourselves from the impact of sin. Until Jesus comes and changes all things, it's going to remain true that pressure pinches. But my friends, take heart. Be of good courage. Rejoice. Christ Jesus knows the hurt and pain in our lives. He knows the hardship and the struggles we face. He knows them all and knows how and if and when to take them away. Rejoice, my friends. Pressure pinches, but power prevails. Thanks for listening. To learn more about God's grace, or to support the work that we do to proclaim the love of Jesus in Milwaukee and around the world, visit www.gracedowntown.org. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.